0: How are you? I hope that you are having a fabulous week so far. I'm so glad that I'm actually finally feeling a little bit better. Um, Back to normal. Last week, I was trying to recover from a head cold, and I haven't had a head cold in probably over two years. So I haven't had a cold since I've been on an insulin pump, and I was grateful to have the pump just because I could... Mess with my settings and adjust my basal based on what my blood sugar was doing and what I noticed I'm sure that you can relate to this but like my blood sugars because I've been on a set strength training routine now for a good few years and When I I didn't make it to the gym, so basically wasn't lifting weights by The like third or fourth day. I was noticing my I was getting a little bit more insulin resistant By the sixth day, I was waking up in the middle of the night with high blood sugar, and so I kept adjusting my insulin, and then finally on the seventh day, I felt good enough to make it to the gym, got in a good strength training workout, and my blood sugar last night was finally normal throughout the night. And obviously this could be a whole topic on its own for a podcast episode increasing insulin sensitivity, but if you are looking to increase insulin sensitivity, my one of my top tips is incorporating a strength training program and lifting weights and not just any not just going to the gym and like throwing around weights, but more of a progressive strength training program because one of the most important things is that you are Building muscle. And so you really want to facilitate the change that is needed to do so, which I know we've discussed in previous episodes, but progressive overload is going to help you do that. And I found that to be one of the best ways to increase my insulin sensitivity and get rid of all of that insulin resistance. So, and I really, it really hit me hard being sick, and which also made me. Think because I had um, someone, one of the gals in my fat loss course, she had a really good question a couple of weeks ago, and it was regarding like why do we have high blood sugars when we go away on vacation? Like we're relaxed, we're not doing a lot of crazy things. Like we're we're more relaxed than being at home and working a nine to five or whatever. But for some reason, our blood sugars are just so much higher. And there's a slew of reasons for this, but I really do think, and especially just being sick, it's like, I've never been sick before. and <laughs> That's what I'm acting like, but it's been so long. But what I've really, really realized is like, it reminded me of going away on vacation because the last time I went to go see my mom in Costa Rica, it was the one trip that I did not go to the gym and lift weights. Like I was super active. We were hiking every day. We were like doing all of these things. So it wasn't like I was just sitting around, but Lifting weights does really help increase that insulin sensitivity and the effects of, of exercise can last up to 72 hours in the body. So I really, really, really do find it makes such a big difference and I'm impacted in such a large way when I, on like the second day, second or third day of not lifting weights, it starts to creep up on me. So that might be something to just keep in mind if you are struggling a little bit with insulin resistance. Let's see, what else is new? What can I tell you guys? I feel like almost as if I've been hiding under a rock the past week because I've been sick and I always used to think like, you know, people would say, oh, being sick is just all in the mind. And I've always kind of disagreed with that because I've always thought to myself, you know, if you're sick, it's be it's a sign that your body just really needs to rest and whatever you're doing, you just need to slow down. But when I think about the last few weeks, it's like I don't feel like I've been doing anything too excessive. Like I don't feel run down. Mind you, I do, I have been feeling a little bit mentally stressed and overwhelmed just with a lot of worry and things that are out of my control, like things to do with my family and just random shit that's been coming up. And I'm like, why am I worried about this? Like, I'm just such a worrier. And so I almost feel like maybe my body has just gotten run down from, from all of that, from all of this like mental stress that I'm putting on myself. So yeah that it sounds kind of nuts but I think that that might be one of the reasons and so energetically I really haven't been doing a lot in the last seven days and having I my personality is so type a like I'm always feeling like I need to be doing something and I, I also feel like this might stem back from my childhood of just thinking like hard if you're working hard that's when you're going to be getting ahead. So I'm, I've always implemented like a hard working attitude and I've always been super ambitious, but it's almost to the point where I will, I'll be sitting around and if I'm not working on a goal or if I'm not doing something that is going to push me ahead or in my mind, if it's not like, actively doing something, I feel like I'm not doing anything. And just being able to kind of recover this whole last week, I've realized, hey, we put so much pressure on ourselves. And whether it's work, whether it's Getting our workouts in, whether it's our diabetes management, there's so many areas in our life. It could be relationships, but we put so much pressure on ourselves to do so much all the time, and is it's so rare that we actually take a step back and just relax and and I've and it's like things don't really like I think we're just doing too much because things can kind of run themselves, you know, we don't need to be doing all of these things and what I realized is on an energetic level is, I, you know, we have to protect our energy and when I'm trying to run my business and like all of these things at the same time, it's like sometimes... It's just so beneficial to take a step back and we almost get more done when we're able to come from a more energetic place. And me also being a little bit introverted, I have to really take time to myself in order to recharge my batteries. And so... If I have too much mental stimulation going on or like all of these things, then I get a little bit overwhelmed and a little bit burnt out. So it's it's just such an interesting way to look at it. but I don't know if you agree with that, but I, I really do think that you know it, it's important to work hard, but then there's also a fine line between working too hard and then allowing space to just be you know, and, and then just coming from an energetic level, letting things kind of just happen because when you, like your energy kind of just flows onto other people, I think, you know, and if you're coming from a super burnt out place, then people aren't really going to be that attracted to you or want to hang out with you or want to do that business deal and like all of these things. And, and if you can come from a more energetic place and a more grounded place, and when your batteries are fully recharged, it's going to benefit you not only from a personal point of view, but from a career standpoint, also your relationships. Like you're going to be so much more fun to hang out with. So that is my takeaway from this week and from being a little bit under the weather and just literally doing nothing for a whole week, which is also interesting because this topic also translates to exercise and training because it's really important that when we are doing exercise that we're not doing too much you know like there's a realization that more is not always better and so today we're going to be talking about managing sugars and exercise and I think that you are going to whether you have type 1 diabetes or diabetes or not you are going to find some of the some of this information super helpful and interesting and before we dive in this episode is brought to you by my Fat Loss for Type 1's course that is launching in early September, and I'm giving away the entire program to one lucky winner. So in order to enter for your chance to win the complete Fat Loss for Type 1's program, which includes both nutrition and exercise, and how to keep your blood sugar stable, and how to lose fat with type 1 diabetes in a sustainable way that supports your blood sugars. We cover your macros, how like how to set up your macros, how much protein, fats, and carbs your body needs, how many calories calories your body needs each day, and all of the ins and outs of exercising and dieting with type one diabetes. So to enter, just go to diabeticfitnessworld.com forward slash win. And I'll also link to that in the show notes. So today we are going to cover training type, duration, intensity, and blood sugar management, and then how to optimize your workouts and treat hypos and avoid hyperglycemia. So how to treat low blood sugar when you're working out and how to avoid those God awful highs. And the information that I'm going to be dishing out today is not medical advice. It is from experience and it is merely information and education only. So one of the top questions that comes up a lot is what is the best workout to do for type one diabetes and to keep blood sugar stable? And what is the best workout to help with fat loss? So when it comes to strength training and resistance training, the best program to follow is one that is focused on progressive overload. And this is going to be super important because in order to... Build muscle and transform your body, whether your goal is to lose fat and get lean and toned or to build more muscle mass. Like the most important thing is that you are facilitating the change that's needed to do that. And the only way to facilitate that change is by progressive overload. So you really want to make sure that you are progressively getting stronger with each and every workout. So you want to make sure that you're increasing volume every single workout. And I know this is something that we have discussed before, but another Another thing is like the more muscle you have and the leaner you are, the more insulin sensitive you will become and larger muscles will use more calories at rest. And this will improve your resting metabolism and your insulin sensitivity. So this is going to be super important, not only for your overall fitness goals and your appearance, but also for your blood sugars. And so when it comes to exercise, though, one of the most important things is that you're doing something that you enjoy because whatever you're doing, you want, you not only do you want it to be enjoyable, but you want it to be something that you can stick to, right? So it's important just to figure out what that one thing is that you actually enjoy doing. And if you're struggling with motivation and staying motivated, I think it's important just to ask yourself are you, are you not unmotivated? Are you feeling unmotivated because you just don't feel like exercising? Like you're feeling kind of lazy or is it something bigger than that? Like, are you just feeling intimidated at the gym or you don't really enjoy what you're doing? And think about those things because what I know when I'm feeling lazy and if I haven't been to the gym for a few days, you can bet your ass that I'm going to be feeling a little bit lazy to get my butt there. But I know in a situation like that, I'll be like, Taja, you're going to feel so much better after your workout. And I always do, you know? So I think it's just important to define where the lack of motivation is coming from because if it's something like more so related to your workout or the type of exercise you're doing, all of those things can be changed. So it's just about finding that thing that is going to light you up when you do it, you know? So that would be the number one tip. And then just remembering that all exercise is going to have a completely different effect on your blood glucose. So... We'll start with aerobic activity. Aerobic activity is going to lower blood glucose levels and anaerobic activity like weight training, anything super high intensity, interval training, any like sprints, even these things can increase blood glucose level. And this is due to a few things, but one of them being um, higher levels of cortisol that are released in the body. So it's just important to know how different exercise affects you and then just plan your treatment and your insulin therapy around that. And when you're first starting an activity, say you're starting dance or you're starting weightlifting or whatever type of program you're starting, you might be dropping low for the first couple weeks until you figure out your the right basal around that activity. So because every activity is going to affect a slightly different during the activity, like weightlifting might increase your blood sugars while you're lifting weights And then if you're doing cardio, like low intensity, steady state cardio, then you'll find that your blood sugars will start dropping. So if you're going for a long walk or something, most times you will probably find that your blood sugar drops. And so it's just important to be patient and know that, yes, it is frustrating, but it might take a few weeks until you can just fine tune your basal to... Just really work with whatever new activity you're doing. And then on the flip side of that, if you're used to doing a certain activity and you've been doing it for a while, if you do take a break from that activity or you lower your volume one week or you do anything a little bit differently, that also will impact your blood glucose level. So it's important to keep that in mind and then be prepared to fine tune based on whatever your routine is and... You might become a little bit more insulin resistant, especially if you're taking off a couple more days, like two or more days off from the gym or whatever you're doing. You could find that you require more insulin. So it's just important to be prepared for that and then just figure out the balance and like what works for you. And I'll give you an example. So for me personally, I lift weights and I lift weights four times a week. And every about three to four weeks, depending on how my recovery is and how my body is feeling, I take a week-long deload, which essentially is just decreasing the volume of your workout to give your body a little bit more recovery. And so I generally don't find that I have to decrease my or increase my insulin dosing during that week because I keep my, even though the, the volume is a little bit different, the intensity is the same. So I generally feel that my, if anything, I'm, I probably require about the same amount of insulin because my stress levels are also a lot lower during that, that week long break essentially, but I'm still working out. I'm still lifting weights. So I'm still able to keep that insulin sensitivity going. And, but you might find like if you take a week off or something, or you, your volume is cut a lot back that you might become a little bit more insulin resistant, which is just completely normal, but it's important to kind of look at these trends and be aware of them so that you can just adjust your overall basal accordingly. Another thing that you can think about doing, because it is super important that you are making enough time to get proper recovery. So if if you are taking, so say, for example, like I work out four days a week. So if for those three days that I have off, I generally try to not have all three of them off right in a row because if I take more than two days off consecutive from the gym and my regular routine, then my my I'm a lot more insulin resistant and I require more insulin, which generally isn't a big deal, but it's kind of annoying when you're always like adjusting your settings inside your insulin pump. So I generally try to spread out my off days throughout the week just to make sure that I'm getting enough recovery. And then sometimes on my off days, depending on how my recovery is, if I'm not too sore, I will use those days as an active recovery day, meaning I'll go for a walk or I'll still do something to keep my body moving so that I'm not just sitting still. And that generally helps my overall blood sugars as well. So that's something that you can think about doing as well as just implementing some active recovery days in and sprinkle them through the week um, and just do something super low intensity to keep your blood sugars a little bit on the lower end. So in case you are worried about spiking at all. And as a type 1 diabetic, we are more prone to dehydration when our blood sugar is above normal, especially if we're exercising in the heat. So, oftentimes you might find that heat will make your blood sugar plummet because your blood vessels expand and quicken the rate in which insulin is absorbed in the body. But if you're dehydrated then and your blood sugars are a little bit above normal, then you are going that is just going to make you even more dehydrated, and so it's important just to keep this in mind and Keep drinking water, probably drink a little bit more water than normal, especially like my gym sometimes in the summertime does not have air conditioning or maybe they do, but I just don't feel it. So it gets super hot in there. So it's just important to make sure that you are staying hydrated because that is going to help your blood sugars as well. Okay, this one thing is something that I did not know, and it makes so much sense to me. So people with diabetes are more prone to overuse injuries like tendinitis, frozen shoulders. I've heard so many people in the T1D community who have struggled with frozen shoulders or they are struggling with a frozen shoulder, and And also, joint injuries may take a little bit longer for us to heal, so it's important that we are really focusing on stretching and just trying to stay as flexible as possible. And the reason why this happens is because we have a tendency to form more glycated end products than people without diabetes, and glycation really just means that it's a a buildup of protein and fat that's combined with sugar in the bloodstream, so these... Sticky glucose molecules essentially adhere to different structures inside the body, including cartilage and collagen in the joints. And so when this builds up, it can really cause a lot more inflammation within the body. And this causes our joints to stick it, stiffen and lose usual range of motion. And so diabetes accelerates the loss of flexibility, especially when our blood glucose levels remain higher. And the result is these types of injuries that can happen to us. So it's just important to really make sure that we are remaining as flexible as possible and keeping that range of motion as good as possible. And really also, I think, focusing more on just getting enough recovery because we are a little bit more prone to... These types of injuries. So it's good to really focus on that and then just make sure that you are not overtraining or overreaching at all. And so it's again, it's just super important that we are super mindful of trying to keep our blood sugars in range when we're working out and around exercise and just in general when it comes to exercising because we obviously want to keep our range of motion as strong as possible so that we can get the most benefit out of the workouts that we are doing and prevent any sort of injury. So when I heard this, I was like, dang, that makes so much sense because, dude, I am like I feel like I get really stiff and fair enough. I do train regularly, but I also feel that I don't take that like I put a lot of time into training, but I don't put as much time into my recovery afterwards, meaning I don't really focus on doing yoga and staying flexible and phone, like doing all of these things to make sure that my mobility is just as good as my training. And I, you know, I take my recovery days, but on my recovery days, it's not like I'm really focusing on my flexibility. So note to self, that is one thing that I need to work on. (laughs) And then just to piggyback off of this topic, I think that, Really paying special attention to our proper form of each exercise, not just to prevent injury, but also it really does benefit us to have the proper form when we are doing each exercise. So instead of focusing so much on the amount of weight that we're lifting, just focus more so on mastering that form so that it can just help build a strong foundation for building the body that you want in the future. And then the way that your muscles make and use energy during physical activity. So no matter what sort of sport you're doing or whether you're going for a walk or weightlifting or whatever it is, how fast you move, the force that your muscles are producing, The length of the activity, the duration, the time under tension, all of these things can also affect your blood glucose levels. So this is where aerobic versus anaerobic comes in. So really knowing how different types of exercise do affect your blood glucose levels. And then just paying special attention because it's not just the type of exercise that you're doing, but it's also the duration and how hard you're working out These things all predict the response of the direction in which your blood glucose is going. So if you're exercising for a long period of time, say you're you know, you go hiking, then maybe you hit the gym and you have like this long workout and then you're going to do cardio after or something. So you just have this super active day and you're going to spend like maybe two hours in the gym. I know maybe that sounds horrible to some of you, but whatever activity it is, what it could be something outside, whatever it is, like say, it's going to be a long duration that you're going to be Working out, your body is going to take up most of your stored carbs. So it's really important to start your activity with adequate muscle glycogen stores to prevent both early fatigue and hypos mid-workout. So you really want to make sure that you consume some carbs before your workout and you have enough fuel to keep your blood sugar stable throughout the duration of your workout, which means if you are planning on doing something that is going to be a prolonged activity and you're going to be working out for a while it's a good idea to even consider taking some quick carbs during your workout in order to keep your blood sugars from plummeting in the middle of your workout or even just after and this could even look like consuming 20 to 30 grams of carbs before your workout but the amount of carbs needed in order to prevent a low blood sugar in the middle of your workout is really going to depend on how long you're planning on doing that activity and how hard it's going to be and all of those types of things, as well as how much insulin you have on board already. So have you dialed back your dose? These things are going to also play a big role in how many carbs you will need in order to keep your blood sugar stable while you're working out. So if you already have a bunch of insulin on board and you're unable to dial that back, then you might even need to consume up to 60 grams of carbs. And it just really depends because how much insulin you have on board is going to really matter a lot in determining if your blood sugar stays stable and how well you perform overall doing that activity, which also brings us to nutrient timing because timing these carb amounts before your workout is going to also matter and also help you keep your blood sugar stable. So I'll just give you a quick example for me personally. When I am going to the gym, say, sometimes I will actually walk to the gym because I live relatively close to my gym, so the walk takes me about 20 minutes. I have to dial back my basal on my insulin pop pump about an hour before I start walking to the gym, sometimes 45 minutes, but if I wait too long, if I dial it back too far in advance, then I'm going to end up with a high before I start even walking or if I wait and I dial it back Like 15 minutes before my walk, then I'm likely going to be low right when I get to the gym. So just finding that timing, and it's going to be different for everyone depending on you know how sensitive you are, as well as what your lifestyle is like. But you might find that having a substantial snack with 20 to 30 grams of carbs, maybe an hour before your workout, will keep you your blood sugar stable. Or you might have to consume a few quick carbs right before your workout, or in the middle of your workout, maybe try maybe start with like four grams pop a glucose tablet see how that works and then just go from there so it's really i know it's like takes so much patience and just figuring out like what's going to work for you so this is why not only just being patient but being able to consistently monitor your blood sugars around your activity and around the foods that you're eating so that you can really check and be like, this is working for me, or this is what I need to do better next time, just so that you can fine tune those amounts to you as an individual. And if you're using injections and you cannot dial back your basal to account for your activity, then you may need to consume a few more carbs or just fine tune those amounts a little bit better in order to prevent any sort of hypo while you are working out. I'm out of breath that I'm just like so riled up on this topic because obviously it means a lot to me. So, all right. And if you're feeling a little overwhelmed right now with this, like buttload of information just coming at you. Don't worry. I'm going to give you three actionable steps at the end of this episode so you can have a clear picture when you walk away with it. So we're going to cover treating lows mid-workout. So if you go low in the middle of of your workout, then the the number one thing is just patience. You really wanna be patient when you are treating it so that you don't end up with a high blood sugar. And you might start with eating four grams of carbs and then just kind of go from there depending on how you're feeling. If you have a Dexcom, then you'll be able to see which way you're trending so that will help you gauge a little bit better. And I found that having a CGM has helped a ton personally when it does come to monitoring my blood sugars because let me tell you something, when I first started really honing in on my blood sugar management with my exercise, this was a few years ago. I did not have a CGM. I was doing so much research. I was trying to find information that was going to help me that I could translate to my own life. And I didn't really find what i was looking for i found some articles that guys had written but i was like what about a female you know like i just i was really looking for for this specific information so when i couldn't find it i started implementing my workouts i started really getting obsessive like from an outside point of view i probably looked like a crazy person cuz i was i was testing my blood sugar up to 20 times a day my doctors thought i was crazy but i was working out all of like for hours and I was trying to just figure out what my blood sugar was doing I didn't have a cgm so I was like okay what am I doing I was testing it before my workout multiple times in the middle you know before I was lifting weights after I lifted weights before I started my cardio after my cardio and then for different durations and then I was writing it all down and I was trying to really figure out what worked for me and what didn't and mind you, all of the information that I have will translate differently to you, but it can still be a beneficial guideline to you if you are trying to trying to keep your blood sugar stable with exercise. But it really does come down to just taking this information and then figuring out how it affects you individually. So another thing that you can do if you are... Running low before your workout is depending on, again, what activity that you're going to be doing. You take some quick carbs, and then maybe you, you know, if you're doing, if you're supposed to be doing cardio that day or you were just planning on using the elliptical, maybe today you are going to be lifting weights instead. Because you might find that lifting weights is going to actually increase your blood glucose levels a little bit and um, being on the elliptical is going to drop you. So at least, you know, start with something else, right? Like maybe just switch up your workout that day or if you can. So those are just some ideas. And then if you're high before your workout, generally... You always want to do cardio after you lift weights, but if you are struggling with a high before you lift weights because you do not want to lift weights when you're in a hyperglycemic state, then you could warm up on the treadmill, warm up, time yourself, see how it impacts your blood sugars. For me personally, if I'm warming up for more than 15 to 20 minutes, 20 minutes is pushing it because then I will start dropping. So just figure out how long is optimal for your own body and your own blood sugars and then write that down take note of it because that's going to help you out a ton in the future but you might even find depending on how high you are that you just do maybe 50% of a bolus walk on the treadmill and that brings you back down but again this is not medical advice so you just find is about fine tuning like what's going to work best for you but sometimes if i'm super high I will do a little bit of a bolus and I will also warm up on the treadmill doing some low-intensity steady-state walking And that generally brings my blood sugars back down because if I just do an injection And I don't do any sort of warm-up I find that it takes longer for my blood sugars to get back to an optimal range before I lift weights And then when it comes to managing your sugars around exercise and dealing with high blood sugar The other thing you want to think about is just other things going on in your life other types of stressors emotional mental not just the physical and this could even look like getting your cycle if you're a woman during this time maybe leading up to your cycle there's a few days there that you might find you're a lot more insulin resistant so adjusting your basal based on your cycle in order to prevent high blood sugar is going to help you out a ton especially for your workout so that you're not like frustrated because you have a high blood sugar and you are at the gym going to lift weights and you can't lift weights because your blood sugar is high so that's something to also keep in mind, I have a different setting. If you have an insulin pump, I have a different setting for when I have my cycle. I now have one for when I'm sick, like all of these things. So, um, just having different settings on for different times of the month, too, depending on what you're doing or your emotional state and well-being as well and if you are trying to stick to eating a low carb diet it's a good thing just to remember that after a good workout your your body is going to be working really hard to replenish those glycogen stores so if you are eating more of a low carb diet it might take longer for you to replenish your glycogen and so you might have a tendency to drop low and even if you're not eating a low carb diet you may find that a few hours after your workout you are going to drop a little bit lower and so it's just sometimes it's a good idea to to maybe plan your your workout or your activity where you can refuel and eat a substantial meal post-workout And then just make sure that you are consuming enough calories every single day and really focusing on getting in all of your macronutrients in general. And if this is something that you struggle with, just figuring out how many macros and calories your body actually needs, we... Go through this step by step inside of my fat loss course, which is launching on September 4th. And so we really cover all of the tips and trip all of the tips and tricks behind blood sugar management and fat loss and how to just build the foundation for sustainable fat loss and how to keep your blood sugar stable in the process around exercise. We cover all of the all of the little nitty-gritty things like you know your training environment and all of the things that could affect you and then what kind of food you should be eating before your workout and what you can eat after your workout to keep your blood sugar stable. So it's all in that course. So if you're interested in that, then we will be launching at the very beginning of September. And if you want to be one of the first to know as soon as we launch, you can go to diabeticfitnessworld.com forward slash waitlist. And there's a waitlist there. So you will be the first to know as soon as doors are open for enrollment. Okay, so the three takeaways from this episode, if you are chilling, grab a piece of paper and a pen, and if you're driving, don't do that. But the very first thing I want you to think about, and you can write this down if you can, um, is before you start exercising, there's four things that you want to keep in mind. So you want to think about what type of exercise you're going to be doing how long you're going to be working out for. So the duration of the exercise that you're going to be doing, how intense that workout is going to be. So the intensity and then the training environment. So are you working out outside? Are you going to be in the gym? How hot is it going to be? You know, time of day? Is it mid-afternoon? All of these things. So make sure that you consider each one of these before you um, prepare your workout because this is going to help you determine how much insulin you need or how to adjust your insulin before your workout and how many carbs you should be eating before and when to consume your carb intake and then the other number two the second thing i want you to think about is your insulin on board and when was your last meal and what were you doing earlier today so if you are working out already did you go for a hike did you go for a long walk or have you been sitting at home were you at work these things will also determine how much food you need to eat or when you should eat your meal before your workout like if you've just had a meal or have you not eaten since breakfast time and then also make sure that you look at your insulin on board because that is gonna be huge when determining how stable your blood sugars are going to be during your workout and then number three the third thing I want you to think about is hydration so not only how hydrated you are right now before starting your workout but then also keep in mind to stay hydrated during your workout And then your stressors, so any sort of lifestyle stress that might be affecting your blood sugar management, so mental, emotional, not just the physical, anything like that. How well did you sleep last night? Sleep is huge and will definitely impact not only your training, but your blood sugars as well. And then once you have all of these factors considered, I want you to just do the best you can. And it's not about whether or not you mess up, but if something doesn't go as planned, I want you to be able to look back and spot a pattern, Just so you can do better next time. Not to make you feel shitty, but there is so much that we can learn from our mistakes. That's why I don't even like to call them mistakes, but if you're mindful and you're aware of things, then you will only get better with your management overall. So I wish you the best of luck, and I hope that this episode was helpful to you. And if it was, and if you feel called to do so and you have a couple seconds, please do subscribe and leave me a review. It really does mean the world to me, and it'll ensure that you don't miss out as soon as we have new episodes launched every single week.